Well, this morning we come to Exodus chapter 14. So please open your Bibles up there. Exodus chapter 14. And before we jump into chapter 14, I'd like for us to go back and actually start reading from chapter 13, verse 20. So just back at the end of chapter 13 here, we'll start reading in verse 20, and we'll read our way right on into chapter 14. Verse 20 says, So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day And night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Verse chapter 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi Hieroth between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. So their journey is underway. And we see here that the Lord God is giving the children of Israel through Moses some very specific geographical directions. And in giving them these directions, God has a very specific plan. The location that God sent them to, from a logical standpoint, didn't make much sense because He was putting them into a place here where they would be trapped. If Pharaoh and his men had come after them to pursue them, this was not a good spot on the map to be. They would be trapped there. And if you were to look this up, this location up on a map that's described here in verse 2, you'll see that it It wasn't a great place to be if indeed someone was chasing after you. But as always, God knows what He's doing. As always, God has a a grander plan for the lives of His people. So we need to try to never forget that ourselves. When, When life seems confused, when you feel like crying out, Why God, why? Just trust that God knows what He's doing and that He's there for us, right? And this is the reason that we need to study the Word of God and to know the Word of God in our hearts so that we can see how God works, right? And, and it's rarely ever in a way that we think that He should work, the way that He does things in our lives and the way that He works things out. Some things may not make sense to us at certain periods of time, like where these Israelites are right now, positioned on the land. God, or where they're headed to, right? So God knows the end from the beginning, which is something that we cannot say of ourselves. Let's look at how God's plan unfolds here. Verse 4, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart, so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. So you see, it's important that we see that God wants to make Himself known in the world. Today, of course, we know that God has spoken, as I've brought up 
several times in this study that God has spoken in one final way, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. But when it comes to the circumstances of our lives, things are not always going to come up roses, as they say, right? There are difficult circumstances in life for all of us. The rain falls on the just and and the unjust, but through the way in which God deals with us, the world around us can watch on and give glory to God for what He is doing. So if the circumstances of life give us a feeling that we're trapped or we're, we're between a rock and a hard place, right? We're going through a difficult time in life. God can still re- receive the honor and the glory even in the midst of those circumstances in our lives. And that should be the aim of our lives, that we want our lives to give glory to God, right? So you see, the person of faith, the, the born-again believer, right? We do have an enemy, in the New Testament book uh, of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, we are told to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you see here in this situation, Pharaoh was the adversary of the children of Israel. He was the one that pursued after them like a roaring lion, but The Lord God was on their side, and the Lord God had a plan in all of this. Today, we fight the fight of faith, right, through the good times, through the bad times, through the ugly times, whatever it is, we must continue to fight the fight of faith with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus himself told his disciples that in this world, they would indeed have tribulation. He never said it would be easy to go through this life as a follower of his. But he did promise something, and that is he promised to never leave us, to be with us, right? God was with the children of Israel, and he was providing for them every step of the way. We've seen the pillar of cloud by day and the the pillar of fire by night as we've studied this. Life wasn't easy, though, just because God was with them. But the circumstances of their lives always had a purpose, And there was always a plan of God that was being worked out in their lives. And I exhort you this morning that the same holds true for you and me today in each and every day of our lives as we walk with the Lord through this life and as we walk by faith. So we see God's plan unfolding here and the children of Israel are in a geographically difficult spot and that roaring lion that was there adversary is about to come after them. And they may have thought that they were completely free from problems now that the slavery was behind them, right? Now that they've been set free from Egypt, they may have thought, well, all of our problems are over, but they were not. And verse 5 continues and says, now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us? So they are now regretting the fact that they have lost this great workforce in their land, in their country, and and quickly forgetting that the fact that they really didn't let them go, but it was God that worked mightily 
to set them free. So Pharaoh is once again feeling his oats, right? He's pumped up again. And he's ready to pursue the people of God and go after them. And verse 6 says, So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea besides Pi-Hiroth before Baal-Zephon. So we're seeing a couple of different things here. We're seeing this great discipline, this fine-tuned machine of equipment and men, this army, right, that's coming after the children of Israel. And we're seeing the children of Israel on a march to their promised land with boldness. The King James says that they went out with a high hand, right? It means lofty. It means exalted. They were, they were exalted in this time, right? It was a good time for them. But again, not too far behind them was their enemy, right? Even though they're going out with boldness right now, and it seems so good, but not too far behind was their enemy. So in that sense, it wasn't only Pharaoh that was feeling his oats, like I said. It was the children of Israel as well. Right? But um, one of them was happy and on the move for good, the children of Israel, and the other one was angry and on the move for evil. And this is the way of everyday life as we know it. There are those that oppose the goodness of God. And there are those that are just out to pursue good in this life. There, there, there is both sides, right? Those that hate God, the, that hate the people of God, the truth of the Word of God. And then there are those that are simply pursuing what's best. People that truly want good in life, right? Now, I want to take this moment um, and, and tag, on some, tag on to something that I said just a moment ago, and that is that, that the children of Israel were at a good time in life for them, but I said that not too far behind them was their enemy. And this reminds me of a, a parable that, of Jesus, right, where he spoke of the sower that went out to sow the seed, to, to plant, that is, right, and, and to hope to get a good harvest, right? There are people even today that come to Christ in one way or another. And when they do, all seems good, right? They're, they're going out with boldness at that point. They're happy. They're marching on with a high hand. But when the enemy comes to steal and destroy what they have learned, these people, many people turn away from the Lord at that time and go back to their old ways. For some, this happens right away. For others, it takes time. But for you and me, the committed followers of Jesus Christ, we must stay the course. We must fight the fight of faith through thick and thin. When you feel trapped in certain circumstances of your life, you must remember the work of God in your heart. And you must press on. And don't allow yourself to be lulled to sleep. You must remain sober-minded, vigilant, 
watching out for what the enemy is doing and staying disciplined in your walk with the Lord. You know, I really could just, that right there could be one teaching in and of itself, you know, an easy 45-minute teaching on being vigilant, being, you know, sober-minded, pressing on into faith, because so many people turn away from the faith so easily when troubled times come, and they begin to, to question God, because they don't know the Word of God. They don't look and see how God always works. You know, and that it's His ways that matter and not our ways that matter. But let's read on here, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So look, they went out with boldness, with high hand. They were doing well, and now all of a sudden, they see the enemy coming. And they're afraid. And they cry out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses in verse 11, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Okay, so here we see a very common reaction of people that find themselves in difficult circumstances, times of difficulty. This is a very common reaction even today. They say things like, is this what it's like to be a Christian? Is this what the people of God are really like when someone lets them down? Right? Why have you allowed this in my life, God? It's better for me just to live like I was living, to live like the rest of the world lives, than to live for God. Right? And, and people have difficult times that they go through. But you see, people that react in this way, again, were never truly taught in the ways of the Word of God. Right? Rather than knowing that Satan is alive and well, that like I read to you earlier, earlier he is a roaring, roaring lion seeking whom he may de de uh, devour, right? He's seeking to destroy them. But people are brought today into Christianity in many cases thinking that it's all going to be good. The children of Israel are moving on with boldness. They think that they have the wind at their back. But when the trouble came, they were ready to believe that it was better for them in slavery. It was better where they came out of. But you see, it's not where you are in life that matters to God. It's where He has taken you that matters to God. Right, let me say that again. It's not where you are in life that matters to God. It's where He is taking you that matters to God. He's got a plan. Okay? And we must surrender and submit to that plan. The children of Israel were heading to the place that God had promised for them, right? The promised land. Today, me and you as followers of Jesus Christ, we've been rede redeemed by Jesus just as the children of Israel were redeemed by Moses, but this is not our final destination. We're going somewhere. We're going to the promised land, right? And 
in this life, we have some ups and we have some downs, right? But through it all and in it all, God is the one that gets the honor and all the glory, right? I don't know if you've noticed or not, but this earth is not heaven, right? We're not there. This life is filled with all kinds of heartaches. This life is filled with people that want what they want when they want it and they'll bite and devour and, and go riot in the streets if they don't get what they want, right? This is a selfish, all about me generation of people that we live amongst. In the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 2, it says that we are to do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. That's the difference for us, okay? But again, the tendency of human nature, the way people that are not allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit, the way they will act is is often in a self-centered manner, as we see with the children of Israel here. And verse 13 continues, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. It is recorded in Psalm 46 where the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So think about that. To be still means to to be at peace, to know that He is God. He will be, not might be, but He will be exalted in the nations, exalted in the earth. We are to be a people of peace, peace in our hearts and making peace in the world around us, not rioting in the streets, not acting like fools. Those that behave as such are not the children of God. They're the children of the devil, right? Because the children of God are peacemakers. So we don't live in fear, right? We live in faith, knowing that come what may, God will be exalted. Again, but that's not the world we live in, right? It's an all-about-me generation, a perverse generation that fills the nations today. People that have no desire to live godly, no desire to follow the word of the Lord, but that should not be us, right? They want free stuff. They want, they want this, they want that. They want abortions. They want to pervert all that God has ever established as sacred, right? And they come after you if you are living godly, and they mock you, and they will. But God will fight our battles, as Moses tells the Israelites here. And we can just be still and see the salvation of the Lord, right? In the end, righteousness will prevail. Good will win over evil. God will be exalted in the nations and in the whole earth. So Moses did the right thing to exhort the people here. But evidently, he still cried out to God about this situation because verse 15 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? 
tell the children of Israel to go forward. So Moses exhorted the people, right? But he was still exhorted by God here. And what were God's instructions to Moses? Go forward. In other words, right? Press on. Don't stop. Keep going. We're told in Romans chapter 5 to glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the person of faith presses on, and they move forward. They go forward in the plan of God, trusting in Him, resting in Him, being still within their hearts, knowing that God will take care of them, right? Then God goes on in verse 16 to give Moses more instructions. He says, But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. So remember, this is the reason that God took them into that difficult spot in the land where they were trapped. The reason was he led them into that place so that they would be trapped in order that he might receive honor. Right? Again, it's never all about us. It's always all about God and what he's doing and what he wants for our lives. Every aspect of our lives should be lived with an attitude of to God be the glory. But again, God has a purpose for every spot that you may find yourself in in this life of yours, right? The story continues, verse 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. So do you see what the Lord's doing here? The pillar of cloud was now being used by God as a barrier. It was a barrier that was between the Egyptians and the children of God. So for us today, as followers of God in Jesus Christ, He protects us in this way as well. He provides a shelter for us while He is working out His plan in our lives, which is ultimately bringing us to our promised land, heaven, right? Getting us to eternal life. We may feel overwhelmed at times by trials in this life, but we are always under God's protection. And if our eyes are fixed on Him, we will see His will accomplished in our lives no matter what even if death comes our way, because there is nothing that will ever separate us from the love of Christ. The children of Israel, as we see them here in the book of Exodus, they walked by sight. What we're reading about is a group of people that really just walked by sight. They could physically see their enemy, right? And they could physically see the work of God in their lives. 
They had that pillar of cloud, that pillar of fire, right? Today, though, for us, in Jesus Christ, we walk by faith and not by sight. And as we press on in faith, we are to just continue to go forward, right? Our faith becomes real and we begin to see the working of the Lord in our lives and we give glory to Him as we see Him working things out in our lives, in our hearts, changing us from the inside out. But there are also times in this life for us as people of faith when we don't, the, we don't see things work out in a way that we would call good, right? But again, God is always good. And the ultimate outcome, even in what we would call bad, is always good for the born-again child of God. So here we see God protecting Israel until He made a way of escape. The Egyptians are in close range now. But they are in darkness while the children of God are in the light. Remember the one plague of darkness and they had no light, but the children of Israel had light. So when you see the darkness of this world around us, when you see it approaching, we are to simply just keep walking in the light. We are to stay in the light, right? The story continues in verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So notice what the scriptures seem to be indicating here in regards to the period of time it took for the sea to part. It was happening all that night as the strong east wind was dividing the waters. So if you just get your information from a movie, right, when when the sea parts rather quickly, you may be missing out on some of the details. So verse 22, So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. So it seems that the Egyptians were one or two wheels short of a chariot, right? Because God made it difficult for them to pursue His children. He slowed them down a little bit. The children had already made it through, his, the children of Israel, that is. So time had gone by, right? It, it, was, it wasn't all that hard for a couple of million of Israelites to make their way through, but it was very, very difficult for the Egyptians And the Egyptians were, meanwhile, realizing that God was on the side of His people. That God was fighting for them. And they're finally, they're beginning to realize this as they're trudging through to try and make it to the other side. Verse 26, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots, on their horsemen, 
And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left so the lord saved israel that day out of the hand of the egyptians and israel saw the egyptians dead on the seashore thus israel saw the great work in which the lord had done in egypt so the people feared the lord and believed the lord and his servant moses so do you spend time contemplating the goodness of the Lord in your life. The ways in which, though you may not see it with your eyes, He protects you. Do you realize the depths and the length that the Lord has gone to in order to redeem you? Do you realize that that your life is now to be lived to honor Him, right? That come what may, right, whether good or bad, God has a grander plan that he is working out. You see, when it seems like, again, like you're in a difficult spot, like there's no escape, you're between a rock and a hard place, what we need to do is just go forward. Just keep going. Just keep pressing on toward the mark of our high calling in Jesus Christ, right? Because we're headed someplace. We're headed to a promised land, a place where God has prepared a place for us for, and we'll have all we'll ever need. If we fix our eyes on this world or the things of this world, you may get desirous to go back because you'll get discouraged. Life circumstances can, can beat us up sometimes to where we get discouraged. And the Israelites wanted to turn and, and they thought they had it better where they came from, right? But God says, Go forward. He says, go forward. Stay the course of faith. Persevere. The plan of God for our lives is not instantaneous. It just doesn't happen like that. Okay, like maybe Hollywood would make it, right? But the plan of God takes time. God wants to build something in us. And I'd like for us to close this morning by turning to the New Testament book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'm not going to comment on any of these verses. I'm just going to close this morning by reading the first 11 verses of 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, 
by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will close with this. I wanted to exhort you and myself this morning to say, go forward, press on, stay the course of faith, keep walking, keep trusting in the Lord, knowing that He has a plan in it all and through it all for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank You for the opportunity to gather around Your Word this morning, Lord. I pray for each and every one of our hearts, Lord, that we would just continue to press on in You. Just continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of You, Lord Jesus. That Your will would be accomplished in our lives, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the times when we get discouraged because our eyes are, are, are set in the wrong place, Lord. Our eyes are not fixed on You. Our eyes are not fixed on Your Word. We see within Your Word how faithful You are, how good You are, and that You never fail us, Lord. So, Lord, we just pray that as we continue through this life, Lord, that you will be our strength. Lord, that you will be our all in all. God, the weight of this world, the things that we see happen around us, Lord, I pray that we will shine as lights in this world. But Lord, we can't do so, Lord, unless we are obedient to your word, unless your Holy Spirit leads and guides us, Lord. So Lord, I pray that as we go forth into the rest of this week, that your will would be done through each and every circumstance of our lives, Lord. We just acknowledge you in our way. And again, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.